This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. How's it going, Bulls fans, on a Monday? It was pretty exciting. A lot of the action this weekend, some victories, but unfortunately some high-scoring tough defeats. And High scoring is relatively speaking in football, 59 to 50, the highest scoring game in South Florida football history. And then a high scoring loss for soccer in the American Athletic Conference tournament last night, three to two. But yeah, that is definitely high scoring and unfortunately more goals than the Bulls gave up in a conference matchup all year. And it didn't look like it was going that way. It looked like a typical two to one score in a men's soccer match. All of their losses were by two to one scores and two of their wins we're by that number, and that's how much they led by from late in the first half to late in the game. We'll tell you what happened. No highlights on that one because they're too depressing, but hey, like we say, it's Bulls Unlimited. It's not Bulls Limited to just the happy endings because this was the ending of the season for men's soccer. We'll give you those details here shortly. You'll also hear a few highlights from the football game, a lot of offensive highlights, obviously, and Alex Golish along with Byron Brown and Sean Atkins postgame. In our second block, we'll get you set for the women's basketball opener as it'll be Jose Fernandez's squad going up against Texas Arlington. We'll be on the air from the Yingling Center at 645. We will wrap up our replays of our interviews that we grabbed at the photo shoot a couple weeks ago with point guards Ariel Wilson and Marina Sencio and center slash you can step back and shoot the three Emma Johansson. Great stuff from volleyball over the weekend. Actually, they began Thursday, and we summed it up for you on Friday's show, beating the Temple Owls. They completed the sweep in more ways than one. They actually won in straight sets, and what that sets up for this week when it comes to that team that has five matches left in its season, or maybe more, because they could be headed to the volleyball version of the NIT the way they're going right now. Also, the end of the line in, again, a very positive way, for tennis over in San Diego. Alvin Todorica and his teammate Eric Gavelius in the doubles competition. Todorica made it to the quarters of the singles competition. We'll tell you how he wound up. First, some football highlights. Yeah, Memphis got the ball first after winning the coin toss, choosing not to defer, and made it way too easy to score. Then a turnover by the Bulls would quickly have them behind 14-0, and when have we said that before? But the Bulls would slowly but surely work their way back, led by Byron Brown. They would only score seven points in the first quarter, but they would close the first half strong and start the second half strong in taking the lead. Frankly, was not heading in that direction the way things began. We've seen the Bulls get behind quickly and by two touchdowns, but this felt different. This felt like it could be a blowout, and it wasn't. So let's go. Rolling with the highlights of a big-time comeback. A lot of Byron Brown in here. Oh, yeah, some special teams as that unit came up with a huge play towards the end of the first half. Atkins comes in motion. They'll flare it out to him. Makes the catch behind the line of scrimmage. Gets through the defense and gets out of bounds out beyond the 45-yard line. So Sean Atkins, who is chasing the all-time record for season receptions, Picks up his first of the day. It goes for 20. Brown to throw. Can't find anything. Now rolling out. Gets the far sideline. 40-30. And gets hit late out of bounds at the 25. And flags fly. The Bulls are going to have a first down deep 
in Memphis territory. Here comes pressure, he dumps it off, it's Weston Wolf. He weaves his way upfield to the 15, to the 10, and down near the seven yard line. Second and goal from the seven. Brown looking to throw toward the end zone, caught, Sean Atkins, touchdown South Florida. Atkins from Byram Brown, seven yards. Atkins' fourth touchdown of the year, his 53rd catch, and the Bulls are on the board. Second down and nine coming up, 9.40 to go first half, and the Bulls on the move here, trailing 21 to seven. Brown to throw toward the end zone. He's got Simmons caught, touchdown. That's six for the Bulls. Byram Brown, 29 yards to Naeem Simmons, and the Bulls are right back in this thing. (laughs) Hey, Jim, that ball has some sex appeal. It was a pretty thrown. (laughs) That was a beautifully thrown ball now. I mean, it, it floated up there nice, and he beat that receiver. He beat him badly in a one-on-one matchup on the left side of the field and just kind of beat him there in the seam and got to his outside stem, and it was all she wrote there. Another beautiful drive by this USF offense, giving Memphis a run for their money on defense now. Fourth and eight from the Memphis 44. Reed Bauer is the punter, and Sean Atkins is deep, and the Bulls blocked the punt. Matthew Hill blocked it. The ball's just spinning on the ground. T-Mac Simpson finally grabs it. He runs it down to the nine-yard. How about that? A blocked punt by the Bulls, and then that ball just wound up on the turf, spinning like crazy with nobody near it. Finally, T-Max Simpson picked it up and ran it down to the nine-yard line, and the Bulls have 34 seconds to work with here before halftime. What a big play. And, And you said it, right? The defense needed to make a play. Nobody spoke about special teams and the opportunity they have to actually, you know, get USF an extra possession. And it happened at the best time. Now USF is knocking on the end zone. Two timeouts to work with if they need them. Bulls are going to get big here. Two tight ends. Right is the running back. Byron Brown is going to line up over center. Bulls are loaded on the left side. They fake the pitch. Brown rolls to the right, throws to the left, and hits the tight end. Jason Littlejohn, touchdown, South Florida. <laughs> How about Coach Goalies giving Memphis a little bit of giving Memphis a little bit of their own medicine? That was the exact same play that Memphis has success on earlier in the game. After the penalty, first and goal at the nine. Here's the toss to the end zone. Caught. Jaden Alexis, fourth passing touchdown for Byram Brown, and Jaden Alexis with a big catch for South Florida. It's his first USF touchdown. Brown looking to throw, flushed out of the pocket, rolls to the right. Now he throws, it's Atkins, and he's got the catch at around the 10-yard line. They're going to give him the nine. It's a first and goal for South Florida. Atkins is such an amazing story actually being considered as one of the best players in the country to start his career as a walk-on. And I'm telling you, I'm a huge fan of this guy. First and goal from the nine. Here's Joyner, tries the right side. He gets into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. The Bulls take their first lead of the day. Kelly Joyner from nine yards out. And South Florida leads Memphis. Welcome back to this field, young man. 
man, was it ever great to have Kelly Joyner back, and the Bulls were all the way back, and then not much went their way, including a far too easily given up four-play quick drive as Memphis took the lead on the next possession. Then the Bulls get it down in field goal range twice. The first one, a possible pass interference that wasn't called, and it was an interception instead, but no worries. The defense comes up with some big plays. Tramel Logan gets a sack, and the Bulls have it back at their own 36-yard line, and they end the third quarter with a couple of nice completions, and here we go to the fourth, and it's basically picking up right where he left off before the interception. Only problem is once the Bulls got down to the 30-yard line, second down and 10, a option play where the option to pitch wasn't there. Brian Brown turned around, was going to make one of those big runs of his, and ran into a couple of Tigers, and all of a sudden it's third and 14 on the 34. I thought at that time that Alex Golish was going to do the run to maybe get into position for a fourth down or at least a tying field goal, and neither happened as they went deep, incomplete, punted, and we all know what happened from there. Still a three-point game. Seth Hennigan gets hurt on a scramble run. His backup quarterback, Tevin Carter, throws a quick flare. Should have gone for a first down and nothing more. He breaks a tackle of Braxton Clark, who was otherwise outstanding for the Bulls, and goes 85 yards for a 10-point lead. Bulls just could not shake that off. And actually, that was the only touchdown allowed by the defense, you forget, out of a four-possession stretch in the game. The other three ended, as we mentioned, forcing the punt after the pick. The Bulls twice got stopped on fourth down, technically went four and out with a 10-point margin, and the defense got it back both times, including Memphis is chewing a field goal that would have made it a 13-point game. And then finally, after the offense goes nowhere again, Memphis has an extremely short field starting at the Bulls' 15-yard line, and hence the points that got them to the most points allowed by a Bulls defense in history. 58 had been the previous mark, 59-42 was the score at that time. Byron Brown does end up getting a fifth touchdown pass in the end of Chaffrey Brown with about a minute to go. Gives him five TDs and 100 yards rushing the Offensive numbers were fantastic, but not so much on the defensive side. In a 59-50 defeat, here are some of Alex Golish's post-game thoughts. A lot of credit to, to Memphis and that crew. They, um, they kept swinging and swinging and swinging and kept fighting. Played, they played like a veteran football team. I thought at times we looked like a veteran football team. Um, I think really a couple of things um, that, that define the game, and it's what I told our guys. There's a few plays in the game where you can win the game and certainly lose the game. You go down 21-7, um, you know, and, and you keep fighting back. The positive, that sideline stuck together. There was a lot of positivity between both sides of the ball. They kept encouraging each other, kept fighting, kept swinging, and I'm proud of the fight. I'm proud of the fight back. To be able to to swing it there, block a punt, come out in the in the third quarter and and score, and then go up. You then give up a big one that, that ends up kind of being a backbreaker, and then becomes a field position game at the very end, which is a hard hard way to live when you're trying to come back. Um, I think a couple of turning points in the game, obviously going down early, we can't keep living that way, and I've got to find a, a way to fix that. You know, we've lived that way. We've end up coming out on the other side of it in the UConn and the Navy game today we don't end up coming out on the other side of it and I think when you play a veteran team and a veteran quarterback it's really really hard to come out on the other side of it 
you know, story of the game, a bunch of yak given up defensively. I think 238 yards. We gave up 14 explosives. That's a hard way to live. Didn't run the ball offensively the way you need to, to run it to stay in rhythm. Byram certainly ran a, a bunch, a lot of that on scrambles. Tough way to live there uh, if you can't run it effectively. And then, you know, you're in essentially in a two-minute drill backed up at the very end, which is a really, really hard way to live. Third downs, not effective offensively as we need to. And then just tough, tough, tough at the end uh, to be able to go drive it. Uh, so third downs issue, we got to continue to work that situational football-wise. I thought in the red zone we were effective. Um, and then the, the last play um, that, that was the turnover down in the, in the end zone, the receiver gets tackled, somehow not called a penalty. It is what it is. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll get it looked at and can't have a receiver tackled and, and say it's an interception and, and, and keep it going that way. So I don't know what in this conference how that works, but that was ridiculous. It's not the reason we lost. We, we got to get our kids ready to go at the beginning of the game. Um, I got to find a solution for that, and that's certainly my fault, um, and, and I will find a way to fix it. Yeah, a couple of very flaggable offenses that were not flagged on Memphis but you're talking about needing plays to extend drives. There was another play where maybe Byron Brown was hit out of bounds, but you know he was well short on a third and long run. And frankly, if you're asking for calls that are going to be required to get your point total you know, above 60 to win, the other side of it is, well, the other side of the ball, and the Bulls know that. And we'll talk more with Coach about it on Tuesday as we tape Bullseye. You'll also hear his press conference on Tuesday, and we'll have some of those comments for you on Wednesday's program. Here's a little bit of the quarterback, Byron Brown, and one of his top receivers, Sean Atkins. I mean, just blessed, but it's, it's about the team, and uh, didn't get didn't get the dub, so, I mean, it's a little bit bittersweet, but uh, just blessed to be in, be in the record books. Is it a strange moment to score 50 and not win the game? I mean, should have scored more, in my opinion. Uh, first drive, ball slipped out my hand, so that, that those are points, and and interception, those are points. So should have scored more, in my opinion. Uh, a loss is a loss, regardless. Uh, it doesn't matter how many points you put up, but at the end of the day, you just got to put up more than the other team. Um, we could have done better. I don't think they could have stopped us any drives. So. It is what it is. Um, Got to just go back to work. That was Sean Atkins, who was harsh on himself on not getting to the sticks on that one fourth down play. Granted, the Bulls were still a ways away from pay dirt in that situation. He had nine catches for 89 yards and is en route to setting the school single season mark for receptions. In fact, can't put it past him doing it this Saturday. Rodney Adams, 67 catches back in 2016. Hugh Smith second with 62 and 02, and just surpassing third place Tyree McCants, who had 59 catches back in 18, is now Sean Atkins with 60 receptions. In nine games, three to play, the Bulls go to four and five. Temple, by the way, just got its quarterback back, and E.J. Warner threw for more than 400 yards in a win against Navy after Temple, without Warner, had been shut out the week before by SMU, so... Won't be as easy as you think probably this week, but the Bulls, you'd hope, on Salute to Service Day and Hall of Fame induction weekend and get back into serious contention for making a bowl. They are 4-5, and five, but with two very winnable-looking home games against Temple and Charlotte, you like their chances. By the way, next Friday at UTSA, which stayed undefeated in the conference, that looks like a not only very tough night opponent-wise, but very late night because we'll be kicking off at 9. Jim Lighthall and myself already planning on being off the air at 2 a.m. or so. 
We'll talk about a lot of these things with Michael Kelly. Just a note, because there is a basketball game tonight, usually we record Bull Speed Ahead somewhere Monday late afternoon for a Tuesday 7 a.m. first airing. Michael wanted me to be able to fully focus on that broadcast for tonight, so we'll be taping it tomorrow morning around 9. Bull Speed Ahead will air Tuesday morning. It'll just be later on. So what we'll probably do tomorrow morning is replay what we hope is a women's basketball victory a couple of times and then give you the latest from the head man at South Florida Athletics. Well, speaking of late into the night, it wasn't quite 2 a.m., but it was late on a Sunday night, also in Memphis, Men's soccer loses a tough one. Their season ends in dramatic fashion. By the way, it wasn't the only team that suffered a last-moment defeat. The Bulls were actually in second place for most heartbreaking loss, believe it or not. We'll tell you how that is actually true. Volleyball gets two wins and is tied for the division lead. And yes, women's basketball tonight. We'll hear a little bit of our chats with a couple of the point guards on the team. Ariel Wilson, Marina Asensio, and center Emma Johansson, and a little bit on tonight's opponent, Texas Arlington. All that when Bulls Beat continues.